only do one take podcast. It's the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. I am Turchin with me, the co-host, the CEO, the man that is finally recovered from his flu. It's Kieran. How you doing, buddy? Thank you very much. Much, much better. And it was worse than COVID. It was worse than it COVID. It was worse than COVID. You know what? You got that episode uh, 184 out a little bit later. I'll, I'll give it to you. You were sick. But then Jess was listening to it. And then she goes, it's great because it was delayed so much. And then you guys both got breaking news. Dave Chappelle got hit <laughs> on stage. It's now three, two, three weeks late. Oh. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Why couldn't it be a different episode? But this is what makes the show hilarious and great and wonderful. And thank you, Jess, for being a <laughs> continual supporter of our crap that we do. It's amazing that we can go through these so so badly and just still <laughs> still listens. Still still listens. Oh. I mean, she's now married you, Turch. So her commitment to listening is now over. True. Yeah. True. I don't know what you said, but true. Yeah. <laughs> Kieran, I got a, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of shit happened to me over the over the last couple of uh, weeks, and ever since I saw you on Saturday for drinks, uh, I've been here's one for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever sold anything like uh, anything secondhand? That oh, I was going to put it up on Gumtree or Marketplace oh, or anything. I fucking like that. hate selling things secondhand because I don't want to have to deal with people. <laughs> Well, I think the worst kind of people of all mm. are musicians. Because oh. musicians are all poor. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're all poor and they're all as dumb as fucking doorknobs. Uh-huh. Right? So I'm trying to sell, if yeah. anyone is interested, I'm trying to sell uh, Electroharmonics POG2 Octave Generator, which is a fantastic pedal. I'm also trying to sell two Boss pedals, a GE7 and a CS1, both from the 1980s. Collectible vintage pedals okay number one no idea what you just said that's could you could have been speaking star wars for a while i'm concerned yeah and what's wrong with them nothing i just don't need them anymore why don't you need them anymore uh because i've already got my beautiful pedal board behind you are you a better musician now oh yeah absolutely yeah. always yeah you're now wealthier and can actually <laughs> afford the good shit is that what you're saying oh well, the, 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 you don't the, need this scummy stu- no no well, the stuff I've got... 4.76 auto blast. The stuff I've got, those three pedals combined, is like 900 to to $1,000 worth of guitar pedals, mm-hmm. right? But I just don't need them anymore. And I just don't... If I don't need it... How I much just... does the insurance think they're worth? Five grand, six grand? Oh, yeah. It's, oh, good, good. it's, yeah, it's yeah. impossible to really do... Uh, market value. Uh-huh. I'm basically... Even though I'm selling these pedals at half the price of what they... Like, brand new. Yeah. I'm still making... It's enough for me to buy my next product, yeah. my next guitar thing. Yeah. Right? So I get met, I put it up at this time. Is it on the gum tree? No, it's on the, it's on the Facebook it, marketplace. Oh, oh, Facebook marketplace. <laughs> so I put up there, I'm selling The five. most genuine, <laughs> best marketplace well, in the world. Yeah. I'm selling it in a guitar buy-sell swap group. That's usually uh-huh. pretty good. I've okay. bought stuff from there, very good. Is there a moderator? There is a moderator. Oh, it's actually shit. quite a good group. This right? is this is serious. So I put up five guitar pedals, uh-huh. and one of them sells really quickly. Okay. I'm like, that's great. Guy comes, picks up literally the next day, cash in hand. Yeah. Next one I gave to a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. I was he's like, oh, I don't have one of those. Can I have it? Okay, yeah, I'll give it to you even cheaper than what I'm selling it for because you're a mate. Yeah. I like things to go to uh, good homes. And, yeah. You know, and you know, and then. So I'm waiting other things that people are asking about them. But then you get like really stupid things. Like I sold this overdrive pedal, uh-huh. right? And I so I update the thing. I update the like the the post saying yeah. this one's sold. Uh-huh. Very clear. Sold. Clear if you read just a little bit. If you just read if you have any sort of reading comprehension skills. Yeah. So uh this guy messaged me, goes, I'm coming, I wanna come today and pick up this pedal. Which and, is already sold. Which is already sold. Yeah. And I go, hey, thanks for that. Uh, that pedal's already sold. Uh, but if you're interested in any of the other pedals, let me know. And he goes, I've got a, I've got the money. Oh no, I'll pay you more. I want that pedal. Uh-huh. And I went, well, too bad. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> so you're gonna have to get it off someone else. But other people will be like, oh, I'm really interested in, especially the Pog Two. The Pog Two is now. See, this is the thing. I bought it eight years ago. Uh-huh. 
for four hundred dollars. Is this like an iPhone two? Is this help me out with an analogy here? Uh, this is the creme de la creme. Yeah. Of octave pedals. Okay. So it so it makes so you play a note. Yeah. And it plays the the octave down. Yeah. So it'll be like ah, and then it'll be like, oh, and then it'll do one down below it, mm-hmm. and the octave up, mm-hmm. like ah, and octave higher than that, mm-hmm. and then you can add all these effects to it, and then you can program it. It's really good pedal. Okay. Right. Not too much functionality. Uh, not too much. So too many functions for me, and I don't need it to do a whole bunch of stuff. I got a simplified pedal. Right, to do right. what I need to do. But creme de la creme. Bought it eight years ago, nine years ago from the US for 450 mm-hmm. Then they're selling in Australia now for 900 Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So I'm selling it for four fifty for, for 550 $5.50. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, and I figure that's fair because it's still $350 less than the market value. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think it's a fair thing. Right? A fair thing. And yeah. I make money and it works out great. That's what happens. You hold on to assets. <laughs> you know, it's a long game. It's a long game, right? You can't just. You mean it. you're not being a socialist and giving it away? No, absolutely oh. not. I want to fund the next project, yeah. And so people will be like, who come up to me? Oh, I, I want that pedal. I'll give you five hundred for it. I go, well, no, the, the price is five fifty. <laughs> Very simple. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh. And you haven't put O N O. No, no, this is the price. The price is just the price is there, so there's no or nearest offer. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. T- and even today, I got a, a comment saying, "Hey, would you like to? Are you interested in a trade for this beautiful watch?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, "It's like he's like it's worth between four hundred and six hundred dollars." I'm like, "Look, I'm really interested in the cash. How about you sell the watch, <laughs> and when you get the cash." You give it to me, and I give you the pedal. He's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll be back." <laughs> it's a very simple thing. Like, and I didn't say that, anywhere. That is it's a clear OPO, musician. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it maybe it's it's worth between four hundred, so a hundred and fifty dollars less than the asking price of the pedal, up to six hundred, which is fifty dollars more. I'll give him that, but I don't know that. I don't know the price of watches, <laughs> and no I, one knows the, the price, price of, of watches. watches. And I don't know what the resale market is. So I'm like, well, no, I'm not interested. I'm interested in cash. <laughs> that that beautiful... You're Italian. You like cash. You know what? Wouldn't you prefer... If I bet you, you, I'm I bet you if you... I got a sledgehammer right now and I sledged a, a hole in that wall over there, the plaster, there's just going to be cash oh, always... buried buried behind the plaster. Oh, there's always money in the grooming salon. <laughs> there's oh. always money in the banana stand. <laughs> um... Here's another one for you. By the way, I just have to say this drink. It's great. From Craft, Craft, Craft and Co. Craft and, and Co. in Collingwood. The Amaro. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, amazing. Uh, uh, like a Could do with a, a bit of orange. Yeah, it does need a little bit of orange. But uh, I, I will forgive that. Yeah. Um, here's another one for you. Uh, I went out with Jess's family for Mother's Day. This was a while ago. But I've had this written down for so long. And now, afterwards, and we do like a painting thing, like a Bob Ross thing. Did you review this afterwards? Because you never review anything on Mother's Day. Because these poor suckers have to go with their mother-in-laws. Yeah, It could be the nicest restaurant in the world. Yeah. But because they're with their mother-in-law and they have to pay, it is the worst experience ever. Don't ever let reviews happen on Mother's Day. No, it's fine. fine. Okay. Uh, I just went there, I painted, and then we went to this bar in Collingwood afterwards, right? And, did uh, you get to drink and paint? Yes. Oh. It was good. Like you, BYO, whatever you want. Uh-huh. So me and Jess bought a, a bottle of wine. And afterwards, we went out to this bar and they had one of my favorite whiskeys yeah. there. The 10-year-old Bowmore. You've had it here before. I That's one it. of those ones you just mm. go, uh, you, it's on the shelf. Perfect. Pull that bad boy down. Let's have a drink of that. But, yeah. So I pull it down. Mm. They pour me a glass. and get Jess her fruity drink or whatever she's getting. Mm. Bring it back to the thing. And I'm sitting next to... Strawberries and candy or something so, like that, yeah. I sit next to Mark, mm-hmm. Jess's dad. Your father-in-law. My father-in-law. And my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Mark goes to me, what, what is that? And I go, oh, it's a beautiful 10-year-old whiskey, the 10-year-old Bowmore. He goes, ha ha, we are a pedophile. And everyone, like, Jane, like, you know, my brother-in-law, two brother-in-law start laughing. I'm sitting there going, it's not even funny. So I, I, I think I'm past the point of that joke ever uh-huh, being funny. Uh-huh. And I think he was, because he said it so bluntly, yeah. like, oh, you're a pedophile. Yeah. 
I just didn't even register it as it being a joke. I'm just oh. like, geez, that's a real serious accusation. Oh, like, I'm married to your daughter here, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all I could think of was, I don't think that's really fun. I'm just sick of that. Any time someone says, "Oh, you know, twelve year old, twelve year old," I think I'm just either maybe it was funny when we were eighteen, nineteen. Things that were funny then that are not funny now. Uh, it's it. I think it is still. I think it is still funny. Uh-huh. I no doubt. I think the tact, the way you do it. Ah, uh, were you not intoxicated enough? No, because I was driving. Ah, uh, someone had to drive the the the, the everybody home. Uh huh. That's that's what you know. That's what I do. That's that's what I do when it's family. I like, especially Jess's family. You're the driver. I, I let Jess have fun. Have fun. And, and then you, when it's my family, she drives. And, so it works out. And as you know, that's a better deal because my dad, woo, 10 out of 10 alcoholic. I would rather drink with your, <laughs> your dad. dad. Sorry, Mark, but I would rather drink <laughs> with, would, with Gatano pro- than I would. The problem is my dad is so good at drinking that we... we he's I, so good at drinking, <laughs> but he's also so good at making other people drink. Yeah, I know. I don't know. He's got this skill of... Like, the hospitality of his drinking. 10 out of 10 hospitality. And he needs to show you all the liquor he has in the house. <laughs> You've been there before, <laughs> and he'll, you'll go there again, and he'll show you the exact same liquor, so the exact same stories. But you're like, I'm having a great time. Say it again, Gaetano. I don't even remember the story, so I'm all in for <laughs> yeah, the stories I think, again. I think that's the <laughs> trick with him. He tells these stories, gets you so drunk, you go, I don't remember him talking about that. And I'm like, I've heard this story, just like the pedophile joke. I've heard this a million times. But then someone goes back and goes, yeah, talk about talk about this volcano, uh, Mount Etna, a spoonful of 80% alcohol in my mouth. That's burning. I never had that before. Oh, you got to have it. <laughs> you got to have it. Let me put let me put this eighty percent alcohol in your coffee because you know <laughs> we're not we're not game enough. I remember that decision that night. Where I was like, I am not driving home. Let's do this. Let's go as full out. As soon as you made that decision, my dad just grabbed all these alcohols, all the good alcohols as well. Just like, put them on yes. the table. I'm in. Uh, church movie review time. Movie review. Movie time. review time. Yes. I saw Top Gun. You did see Top Gun. I saw Top Gun. What a great film. What a great film. Uh strongly recommend you go see it where did you become a scientologist <laughs> i don't know i i've seen the original top gun right. unlike some people in this podcast mm-hmm. and there's this there's this, there's the 80s top gun film so, and uh, i was reason- a bit worried i was a bit worried going into top yeah. gun maverick because i thought hollywood has it's stuffed really, up yeah. some of these these sequels, sequels and they've made it woke or they're like reboots are really bad but yeah yeah, yeah like like, is this is this going to be that? Yes. You know, I was prepared to sleep in the cinema. Yes. Like well, I did with like the last the, like film. Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. yeah. I did not fall asleep. Amazing. I had popcorn. This is the first... I had Maltesers tipped into my popcorn, which was delifer- delicious with the saltiness. Yeah, and yeah. The, I had a flask. I had a flask poured into my uh, drink. I had a great time. And you said the movie, like we're just talking about outside. Yeah. The movie, you said, was really action-packed, no woke shit, great. Action-packed, really great. And then I learned afterwards that all the actors yeah. were actually in F-18s. Yeah, like actually flying the, the yeah. planes. And they and... actually, well, they didn't probably didn't yeah, fly yeah, the planes, yeah. but they they had to tr- they had to get so fit that they could handle the G-force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it actually, real response. Yeah. Which now I want to go back and watch, watch it again. again. See, I think this to appreciate I'm gonna that. Put out that I think this is the first movie review you've ever given uh-huh. that has not been solely based on the legroom, <laughs> uh, and that's amazing. That's a first with this podcast. I think that is a first, isn't it? <laughs> the the fact that I haven't even brought is, up legroom like, yet. This is basically a ten out of ten film for you <laughs> at this point in time. Even I feel like even if the legroom wasn't sufficient, this film would still get a, a very high score. It all we almost made it. Look, we we got back. I don't see a film unless it's back row center or back row. Yeah. I just have this uncomfortable. I need the security of the wall behind me. And that I can you see. You say that, but when we saw the room, we had people behind us. We did. And that one guy <laughs> was just, uh, had one, one note jokes all night. Like, at least we were trying to be funny with other jokes, but he was just being the, just hitting those one noters over over the whole period of time. So I'm saying go see Top 
Top Gun Maverick. I'm I'm feeling like it should. It sounds now good. I know you got some gifts for your engagement party. You probably got a couple of movie passes, maybe gold gold yeah we gold do pass. If Jess doesn't want to go, I'm more than happy to go. <laughs> I'm I'm more than happy to take a couple off your hand if you can't get through them. Uh well, we'll see what we can do. We, uh, we can go as a triple. Know, Jess Jess goes. We get all these. We're having a look through all our gifts because we're going to use one of them this Friday. And Jess goes to me, oh, we've got all these gold class cinema things. I'm like, that sounds great. Let's go. She goes, I'll go, what do you want to see? She goes, we should go see the Sonic 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to be honest, babe. I'm pretty sure that that film is not in gold class. <laughs> like they, they select certain films. Yes, because they need people to buy, <laughs> buy the, the wine and yeah. the food. And I don't think uh, I, um, uh, the second Sonic film is going to hit that gold class mm. uh, clientele, mm. potentially. Yeah. I know we will, but we've already got prepaid tickets, so they're not making any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've already got their money. It's like an IOU over there. The only thing I was very disappointed was that the, the cinema was actually quite packed, so the candy line took a while, which I was like, this is why I need to go back to gold, to, to, to gold class. So I don't have to wait. I can be served on. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna rant about something. It's more of a problem. Uh huh. And I'm gonna call this universally accepted price gouging. Ah, uh, UAP. Yeah. Universally accepted price UAPG. UAPG. So every you across the board, as soon as there's price gouging happening, everyone hates it. Uh huh. Like it could be anything. Like remember, like the the rat tests, like the rapid antigen tests, like they were like people jacking up the price, and it was like, no, you can't do that. Hmm. Or you know, petrol when it goes up, you know, it's like, oh, what, what's going on? Well, I was thinking of a scheme, Church. What we should do is get a couple of containers, yeah. some of those oil barrels. Yeah. We'll go to the petrol station. We'll fill them up with that with that oil. You're not allowed to watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Always sunny in Philadelphia. And then we'll sell it in six months and profit. I <laughs> know uh, the Ukraine war will be over by then. Everything will be cheaper. Uh, but then there's one time of year uh-huh. where we all universally agree that price gouging is fine. Mm. In fact, there's two. Mm. But the but the, the cause of it is the same. Right. The two times a year that we're happy to pay more for everything is Mother's Day and Valentine's Day. For some reason, it's completely acceptable to pay two to three times more for the same dinner at both of those times that you would at any other day of the year. Even Christmas Day is cheaper for that same dinner as it is on Mother's Day and, 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 and Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. I can tell and you. I don't understand why, as a society, we put up with it. Like, it. I know we've got to take people out and do this sort of stuff, but I can understand why they can price gouge. But I don't understand. If the government's not good for anything else, <laughs> <laughs> like, they, we know they have to do it. And, the, and if the patriarchy really is real, why aren't they going, no, on Mother's Day, everything is half price because no matter what you do, as you said, no matter what you do for your mother or your mother-in-law, they're not going to be happy with the whatever you get them. Lies, lies, <laughs> and more lies. I, You know why it's expensive? Because on Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, they're not paying. Yeah. They, yes, they... and that's what's the most annoying part. You're like, oh... Yeah, the the you know the meal that's usually eighty bucks now is a hundred and twenty, and also you're paying not only for your own dinner but for your mum, your mother in law's dinner as well. And you can't not pay for the father. So suddenly you've got yeah, so you got to pay for everyone, <laughs> yeah, at, the everyone at the table. Like, wait a fucking second! And this is why. <laughs> what do I get out of this? <laughs> this is why this best restaurant in the world is now the shittest restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right. So women are the cause of this. Mm-hmm. And we have the power <laughs> to make this right in the world. I think, Turch, you should run as an independent for the upcoming state election. You <laughs> probably should. <laughs> what, what, what's your platform? Uh, price gouging illegal <laughs> on Mother's Day and Valentine's Day. Every guy would be like, fuck, that, that's the one. <laughs> I, I think the policy needs to be as stupid as that and then you'll get in. <laughs> I know. It, it's one of those... It's like, why do... 
we go around like flowers you like every day uh even the flowers for the wedding, right? Mm. We had the, the faux wedding in November. We paid for those. And, fine. and then we said, oh, we're moving our wedding date to February because that's the next time. I'm like, oh, sorry to say, all during February, uh, prices are uh, 50% more. And you're like, sorry, what? Why? Oh, well, it's Valentine's Day. How is that my problem? <laughs> well, I'm ordering the same flowers. Don't get married during February. Well, I didn't even get married. Sup- during- the worst part is I didn't even get married in February. Supply and demand, Titch. It's not, but Economics. They, but they know that the flowers, <laughs> more flowers are needed during that time. They, it, The farmers should be growing more for that time. Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe they can price gouge. And it should be illegal <laughs> yeah. on those days. Every other time, you know, that one day it'll be a dip in the market. Like uh-huh. every other day, you know, just charge one extra dollar per flower the rest of the year. And that'll make up for it. No one will notice it then. But it, that one day you're suddenly like, why is a bouquet of flowers $190 when usually it's like 100 motherfuckers i don't understand why we ex- universally accepted price if we you. owned the flower shop church mind you there's a 24-hour flower oh, shop. oh that's a front uh come on that that 20 who needs 24-hour flowers i can only think of it if you're a part like what Drive I, I, only, through 24-hour flowers that has to be a drug front i can only think of it uh if you are going to visit someone in the hostel that's just had a baby late at night or something like that. Or you're driving home and you're a shift worker. Mm. You pick up something. Other than that, probably a drug front. Most likely a drug front. You know, or they're just trying to sell saffron. I got oh, I got one more. You got one more? I got so much. Oh my God. He's like, Please, this is your therapy too. Oh, I, I got to This go is therapy time. I know, but the good thing is you're just like, actually, I agree with all the things you're saying. This is yeah. actually quite good. <laughs> Usually they're just like, no, 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 we're going to re- rework this, get you better. You're like, no, no, no. Price gouging on Mother's Day. I'm not for this at all. <laughs> Why is it that over time, architecture has become really fucking ugly? <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> I have thought about this multiple times over a couple of years. Yeah. And I'm really glad you've brought this in. <laughs> Thank you. I've been to all of I've been to lots of places in Europe. I've been to lots of places in Asia and all these old buildings, like even built a hundred years ago. Photo frames, photo frames, beautiful used to be beautiful. Photo frames today are just are the squares, boring, but yeah. like this black, like you know, yeah, there's the album art is what's the important part, but the, the you know, the frames, but buildings, architecturally designed buildings today by business professionals and architects that have all got all their qualifications is that look like absolute fucking garbage compared to anything in the ancient world mm. or anything even probably up to the late 1800s that was built by guys that were pretty do you know, good do you know at, what it at is? maths. The eight-hour workday. So once the eight-hour workday came in, yeah. Yeah, all the fancy stuff went. People no longer working 16 hours a yeah. day to build build beautiful but things. The, but the, the art, the, you know... I went to Germany, right? And in Germany, they were bombed by the the, the, the British. Yeah. Right? In Hamburg. And <laughs> did you eat a hamburger in Hamburg? I did. I ate a... Uh, uh, oh, it was a venison burger. It was delicious. Okay. It was really yeah. juicy. Pretty yeah. sure it was venison. Um, and they... Like, the British bombed all the buildings. And they were all, like, really old buildings, like, from the 1800s. But there's, like, you know... 80 yeah. years later, 90 years later. They've rebuilt them? Well, they say, well, we're going to rebuild them. And like, well, do we rebuild them and make them look modern? And they all decided, no, 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 we want to restore them to what their former glory was. Like that ain't like that 1800s. You know, from when ancient aliens were on, exactly this, right. on this earth building these no, buildings. No, I've, I've been watching more ancient aliens uh-huh. and I realised... They never talk about European architecture. Oh. The Europeans did it all themselves, but every other culture, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when I really feel bad for the Aboriginals because, like, every other culture got something. The Europeans could do it all themselves. The Aboriginals maybe got something, but they really didn't do much. I'm right, like, right, they're right. really racist. <laughs> mm, on ancient aliens, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking anyway. But, like, they rebuilt the 
like the facades anyway. Like the internals, they changed because yeah, you yeah, know yeah. building codes. Yeah, but yeah. the facades they re- replicated exactly of what was already there. So if there was stone chiseled out, this arc like window frames or arc, window arches, they would re-put those in. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. And you're driving down, and you still feel like it's modern, but it's still got that, that beautiful old style feel. Uh, and right. even though, like, yeah, it's almost a hundred years old, like eighty years old now, but still, like at the time, it still would have looked like eighteen fifties, early eighteen hundreds. And I look now, like, if you talk about buildings now, like our Parliament House here, beautiful looking building, Rialto Tower, looks like a <laughs> looks like a like a like a big pen. <laughs> and you're like, I, I don't. Which building do you want to like look at? Like, you know, no, no one wants to look at the big pen building, but everyone will look at like, oh, beautiful columns, architecture, and I don't know if it's a like even those like the Taj Mahal, beautiful building. If you and compare that to like any other like modern building, like even the Twin Towers. Yeah. I'm going to give them shit for looking bad. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why they were destroyed. Well, maybe, maybe. You know, you never know. But uh, what, what, even the, you know, the, even the Empire State Building has some sort of that grandeur to it. It does, it does, having been to the Empire State Building. At, but you compare that to like a modern building. And the lifts, I think the lift doors are made out of gold. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Well, it looked like they're made out of gold. The the other I don't understand why I I, 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 I mean there's a big uproar when the Sydney Opera House was built. Oh, that's a fucking ugly piece of garbage. Like yeah, it's iconic now, but really look at it and you go, why the fuck would you build something nice? Make a make them look good. Put a pyramid there. Eh, you know, get some. Put get, a pyramid. Get yeah. some Jews. <laughs> whip them out. It'd be fine. Um. But I I have heard a theory that. Modern architecture is about being bland, square, all that sort of thing, to actually depress people. Oh, right, and right. I, I've heard that from like you know, if you make architecture look like that, people will be more dreary, more like it might be like a. That's a nice conspiracy. Theory. Good conspiracy that is theory. A good conspiracy but I, theory. I, I can kind of see that. Like yeah. if you walk through certain parts of the city, you're like, oh, this is pretty, uh, pretty depressing. There's all those glass buildings. Like, oh. Yeah, but you look at like again Parliament House or remember the like the front of the Forum. Mm. Or, oh, the front of the Forum. Yeah, but the old Melbourne Jail. Yeah, yeah. like those bluestone buildings. Yeah. Or something. But then you look at Fed Square and you're like, oh fucking hell, what a f-. It, it, everyone. <laughs> remember when that was built? People go, that's a fucking eyesore. Flinders Street Station, beautiful looking station. And then it's next to the eyesore of Fed Square. Fed Square. Or you yeah. go to the next station, which is Southern Cross, and you're like, oh, fuck, who the... Which retard built this? And it's it's all... Oh, the wavy roof? Yeah. The weird wavy roof? Oh. Yeah. You know, Fed... Um, Flinders Street Station yes. has a ballroom? Yes, it does. Because it was... It used to be a gym. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even those down the line, hmm. down Flinders Street, those... Like, there's a gym... That has like that beautiful architecture. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. There's a bookstore, adult bookstore adult as well. Bookstore, the there's the gym. There's a hairdresser. Yeah. Um. No, it's all very, it's all very nice. I don't know. Uh, modern architecture. I don't understand how we can get it so wrong. Okay. Anyway, Kieran, you got some news for us. I do. Uh, oh, you got a rant? Maybe you got a rant. I don't know. <laughs> No, I've just, I, I, like I said, I'm so glad I come in. I'm like modern architecture. Yeah, fuck that shit too. <laughs> fuck that shit too. No, I just I'm just sick of houses all looking the same. Yeah, like, real estate, like modern. What's it called? Like the housing developments. Yeah, all the same. They all the same. All the same. All the same. Yeah, because it's boring. At least if you go to like Thomastown, all the wog houses, they're all they all look like wog houses, but they're all the columns and the lions are different places <laughs> in the, on the property. <laughs> Uh, there are a few walk houses around where I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do admire them. They're great. I do. I'm sorry to and say. And the gardens are pristine. Yeah. You know when like the, like they've spent the time to make those hedges like balls? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, man, that's a waste of time. But it looks so good. <laughs> so good. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's pretty great. Strippers can apparently, <laughs> can apparently better forecast... The market than your finance, bro. I, I did hear about this. I did hear about this. Please tell me how. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, okay. 
The strip club is sadly a leading indicator, and I can promise y'all we are in a recession. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, in, in a series of recent posts by a stripper, um, they uh, have... Sorry. I have heard of it. I did read these ones, and she was saying, we're a really good indicator of how the market is doing, how people are going. Because yes. if people have disposable income, they'll spend more... When they do go to the strippers, they'll buy more expensive drinks. They'll buy more lap dances. Here we go. In a series of recent posts, um, this person on Twitter said that sex work has survived through every war, recession, and decline of empires. And pointing out that strip clubs have been an operative tool for business people, um, not just a source for for sinful entertainment. So, basically, they, they are aware of fluctuations in the market and how upper class white men are behaving and spending their money. Yeah. Ask any stripper. We have to be aware of how rich people are going to spend their money. Stripping is betting on how the rich spend their money. Yeah. There was, a, I think, another post was saying um, people were, they were monitoring the stock market to see if it was even worth going to work that day. Yeah. Because if it went down, they're like, oh, well, no one's going to come in and you know, burn money at the strippers. If it's if it's gone down four percent, yeah, exactly, exactly right. Whereas if it goes up, they're like, oh yeah, we're working tonight, right. baby. We're working tonight. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get someone to come in here, you know. Or when you know, I think it was another post that said, oh, when your favorite customer asked what the like the the second most expensive champagne or vodka is or something like that, you know, you're not gonna be making much money that night. It's a good indicator. I mean, it, it has. It survived. It, it survived everything. You know. If I've learned anything from this story, we need to own a strip club. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll get killed <laughs> if we try to open one. <laughs> I guess there's the mafias involved. There's in all a that. very much a gangland. I, I can, my Italian accent can only go so far. You're going to have the cash and the goons, the hired goons to back it up. i got to admit, our strip club centre in Melbourne it's very peaceful. Not a lot of murders happen out there that uh, I'm aware of. I don't think it happens much, much anymore compared to what compared to what uh, compared to what it used to. What what it used to. I, I got to say. Well, speaking of strip clubs, here's a good one for you. The, an Austrian brothel has bought a second sex doll after its first became more popular with customers than the real women. <laughs> So they bought this sex doll named Fanny, yeah, and um, and at this at this uh, brothel in Vienna, and all the men have gone in and go, oh, that, I want to have sex with the sex doll. How much are they charging for, this? Uh, for the sex? For, the sex doll uh, rents out the sex doll Fanny for eighty euros yeah. an hour, so that's like a hundred and fifty bucks for the hour. Uh, and they bought. I've just bought a second one due to such a high demand. Now, this was in 2017. I found another article which <laughs> has said Europe's first sex robot brothel. So they made this whole brothel with just sex robots. And yeah. I think we talked about this yeah. years ago. Yeah. They yeah. just said, no, you're not allowed to have a brothel of just sex dolls anymore because more men are going to these robot sex dolls than they are to real brothels. And they're pushing the market out of brothels. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so uh, Europe's first sex doll brothel has been forced to move after real-life prostitutes complained sex dolls were stealing their trade. Um, we got to get someone who's been to a, a, yeah, uh, a uh, sex uh, robot so this brothel. One's in, this one's in Barcelona. But, yeah, like, you know, all these sex workers are working in there. And they're like, well, we're not getting the business anymore. That but we isn't this a free market? Well, <laughs> yes. What are the sex robots doing? That the prostitutes aren't. Not talking. <laughs> Being hot all the time. <laughs> Always on. <coughs> uh, never giving STDs. Like, look at that. Like, how can you compete? Oh. Actually, they're not bad. That's a pretty, you know. Yeah, that's, that's... And they could actually, you know, you, if you're just putting your dick in. Look at that. That's, that look at that. That's, that's way... Like, usually there's an uncanny valley with faces, but that is, like, you know, you have a couple of beers, mm. and you're fine. Like, that, you know, and for 150 bucks, that's Lily, by the way. 
so there you go. I wonder so, if they can also tell what's happening in the market. I don't know. But anyway, the dolls cost about uh, £5,000 £5, to, to make. And yeah, you can, for, uh, for two hours in, in Spain at least, it's 120, um, 105 pounds to 120, 120 euros. But there you go. But you know what? Uh, remember back in the day, like all these, like all these people in, uh, coal industry and all these other industries were like, oh, we're going to lose our jobs if we, you know, move out or like, you know, if they close down coal mines and stuff. And then I was like, well, why don't you just learn to code? Why don't you just learn like another trade? Oh, prostitutes. <laughs> Why don't you just learn to, to code? Finally, there's something to disrupt the prostitution. Oh, it, it must be amazing to think that uh, you giving all of your body and basically ruining your brain to get money. Yeah. And it, what people used to think was an easy way to get money has now been gone, no, nah, no, nah, the, the, the sex bots do it <laughs> The sex bots do way it better. better. And how can you imagine if you're, you're, a, you're a, a pimp and now you just have sex robots, you don't need to fight them. You don't need, you just, what? Ho- like I said, we always talk about just hosing them down. But also, all the money goes to you. Yeah. And you don't even need, like... This is some serious disruption happening oh, here. Oh, yeah, because like, let's yeah. say you might have to share 50% with the woman. Mm. And now you don't. <laughs> It's all to the guy or girl who owns the brothel. Or, wow. or So, yeah, of course. Why would you hire any more women? This is amazing. This, you know, is, this is amazing. Oh, you have eight? Doesn't matter. It's a sex doll. I'll just hose it down. We'll clean it. Clean it. It's Sanitize it. it. It's fine. Oh. I can't imagine that sanitize pro, uh, you know, sanitizing products... Or, you know, let's just say you get 10 blokes a night at 150 euro. It's 1,500 bucks a night. I can't imagine... Usually, you might have to get 50% to the, yeah. the prostitute. I can't imagine all the cleaning products costing 750 pounds. Yeah, no, no either, either. That probably costs like 20. Yeah, yeah. For the week. Yeah. <laughs> like it takes a long time to get through Domestos. Like, yeah. Wow. So there you go. That's that's a good one here. Here's a quick one for you, Kieran. I just thought I'd read the headline yeah. for you. Actually, I'll lead this one into my my uh my videos. Okay. So All right. We got some we got some more fat people to watch. I've got um I've got two more articles. Mm-hmm. Woman tries first proper meal after 23 years of only eating potato chips. Oh, God. <laughs> She's a picky eater. What can I say? <laughs> Uh, she lived on a diet of cheese and onion flavoured potato chip oh. sandwiches. Oh. You know, chips in the sandwich and the bread. I understand that, but out of all the flavours of chips you could choose, you choose cheese and onion. I guess that's the closest to actual food that you're going to get. Yeah. Um, so since she's a toddler, she's, that's all she's eaten. She's a 25. A toddler? She's oh, 25 that, now. Is that child abuse at that point there? She scoffed two packs of her favourite potato chips every day for more than two decades. Uh, after other foods left her feeling physically sick, she got hypnotized and she's now eating some other foods. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I feel really bad for her. I feel, how old is she Dry now? cereal for breakfast. Yeah. It's like a wheat bix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet you this woman would, would claim... Do you know what like a super taster is? Apparently, like, even a drop of something. Ooh, what's a super taster? So, there's apparently people out there that have, like, taste buds that are 10 or 20, up to 100 times more sensitive than the average person. Ooh, that's right. So, it, when they try, like, different foods, they can really taste, like, like a drop of chili will make them go, oh, it's really too hot. So, yeah, right, right. You know, and... I think a lot of people say that they're these super tasters, but they're just people who, you know, are annoying. Uh-huh. Um, like most people. Like most people. Mm. And I think she's one of these people that probably can or could have eaten whatever she wanted at one point. But she's like, oh, no, I'm a super taster. I can only eat these very bland foods. And then her brain has rewired itself to go, you can only eat these. You know, so if she does try something else, she the physically feels sick. The self-fulfilling prophecy. Could yes, be. Yes. Could be. Church, one more article. Please. I'm going to just read out the headline. Oh, That's good. all I need to do. It's going to be good. Because I know exactly what you're going to say oh, good, good, good. after I read the headline. Okay. 
asteroid the size of 350 giraffes to fly past Earth this week. Americans will use anything except for the metric system. (laughs) I was just like, why is the unit of measurement 350 giraffes? Oh, you know, I was watching... Have you ever watched the show Taskmaster? Yeah. But it had Tim Vine on, who's one of my favourite comedians. One-liner, one-liner, but really clean one-liner. It's amazing. And they had to, had to, like, there was this bit of string that was wrapped around everywhere, and they're like, you have to measure how long the piece of string is. So he found a lobster, like this toy lobster, (laughs) and started wrapping the string around it. Yeah. And he got to, like, you know, 300 and, you know, so many wraps around. He goes, oh, it's... 512 lobsters and he's like well how long is the lobster and he goes oh like a uh, so much and they did the calculation he was like really close to the actual measurement and then he joked like oh maybe the lobster can be a new unit of measurement you know lb <laughs> lobsters <laughs> funny and i feel like that's the same methodology that they go oh well how many how many giraffes like i do I bring in jokes like that, like like if I want to measure things, like they do that all the time in Taskmaster. They bring in it's like, oh, this is uh fourteen rats long, and you're like, oh, just give us a real answer. <laughs> it's funny. It's hilarious. But you know, but the American. I mean, a great title as well because it caught my attention. It's pretty great. Well, Kieran, here's an article for you that's going to lead into my next section here. Uh, you want to read that bad boy out for me? Healthy lifestyle may increase life expectancy. <laughs> Research suggests. Uh, so pretty good. <laughs> I'm so glad scientists are working hard. So here we go. Uh, we're going to talk about fat people and going on holiday <laughs> again. Now, where do pe- fat people like to go, Kieran? America. Disneyland. Oh. <laughs> so let's have a look, Kieran. Is Disneyland... This, this uh, video is called Is Disneyland... Plus size friendly, a very important question because what we really need in Disneyland is more fat men and women that are really into Disney. Do you know what's hilarious? Fat Australians go to America and go, wow, everything fits me. You're going to love the next video then. <laughs> You're going to love fucking love Like, them. do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's just, that's just, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's say, is Disneyland plus size friendly? That's what this video is from TikTok is called. Disney really plus size friendly? Let's take a look. A lot of rides have these lap bars and others are separated like this. However, the seatbelt does extend pretty far. Some are more spacious than others. Some queues have turnstiles like this. Thunder Mountain. Ha- so she could almost not fit in the little like turn thing, mm. turnstile thing that to get through to the ride here. Has a lap bar and we both fit pretty comfortably. In my experience, Disney is pretty size inclusive. There's something for everybody, and if rides are not your thing, you can always check out the amazing food that Disney has to offer. (laughs) (laughs) Why did she do that? And it's just pure junk. (laughs) I know. I like how she's like, I'm going to go. I just love the amount of food that she's showing us. I know, it's so much food. I'm like, that is a lot. A lot of food. Yeah. They're big I like that she's like, is it plus size inclusive? Yeah, the rides are pretty good. And there's lots of food. I'm like, why do you, why do you do, like, if I was to make a parody of these kind of videos, that's uh-huh. what I would do at the end. And also the lollies, there's so many lollies. <laughs> there's so many candies you can eat. I ate eight fairy floss, you know? Uh, uh, look at how big it is. Oh, look, you know, I hate, you know, there's so much. I mean, we should really do one for you, Church. Is it, um... Can you go on the rides? Can I go on the rides? Oh, yeah, height yeah. restrictions. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, uh, anything over four foot five and that's <laughs> it. I'm, I'm out. Okay, here's, here's another one. Uh, I found this video and this is from a woman from the Fat Lip Podcast. And I'll show you the, the little page. Fat Lip Podcast here. So they're big on like, you know, um, fat positivity. Look at this. They've got... <laughs> This is on their front page. <laughs> 27 sturdy chairs for fat people. <laughs> Up to and beyond 500 lobsters. <laughs> My body is nacho business, of course. <laughs> um, it's It's just all... It's just about fat people, right? And I think we've got to have a look at this. 
But one thing that they do, these are the people. Remember last episode we were talking about straight, uh, straight uh, fat and and skinny fat. Uh, yeah, skinny fat and all, but more like um, straight sized people. Straight sized. So they were the inventors of that term, from what I can tell. The fat people were the inventors of the straight size. Yeah, the fat podcast. Yeah, right. And you know, uh, so straight sized people is a is a term that they created. But this one, he's she's one of the hosts. Or of normal, just average, just just a person, just a person, you know, not a hippopotamus. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this one here, but what? And so someone has messaged this woman who's, uh, the, the person like the host, one of the hosts of the Fat Lip Podcast, and they said, "You're a small fat. Why are you speaking over super fats?" <laughs> oh, oh, there's a there's a riff. And then I'm like, man, that's a great question. I don't know what you're talking about. And then you can sort of see this little chart. Uh And I know it's a bit far away for you, so I'll sort of read it. So what they've done is... (laughs) Sorry, why are you explaining over... Um, What was the terminology? Super fats. I just want to see if I can get it closer. I don't know if you can see it, but... Here, this is the what they call this is the graph that she's using. Uh huh. Okay. And it's called the fatness spectrum. Wow. Hear <laughs> <laughs> it. Are you ready for this? So we've got here <laughs> small fats. <laughs> what is a small fat, please? Someone who wears one to American one to two XL. Uh, for uh, women's clothing is um, 18 and more. Um, and then you've got... So then you, it, the, that's the start of the scale. Okay. <laughs> no pun intended. So if you're not small fat... You're just a regular... You could just be fat? No, no. Or just normal? Yeah, I guess you're just... No, no, this is all the fats. Okay. So anything less than 1 to 2 XL, uh-huh. you're... Straight size. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. And so this, so the next step up is mid fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do everyone need to have fucking labels? Let's <laughs> cure it. This is great. Then mid fat goes from what is mid fat? Goes from two to uh, to three XL. Uh-huh. You know, uh huh. Yeah. Size women twenty to twenty four, uh-huh. which um is the top end of that. Is three times more bigger than the what an average woman is. Okay, that's mid fat. That's mid fat. <laughs> All right, three times the. the well, and then like I'm pretty sure on a bell curve, we're 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 way, we're, we're way into the the, the, the like you know they're, they're really pulling it down. Yeah, <laughs> to okay. the, the this, lower percentage. Yeah. But they've also got like a three XL. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That now I tried to do the conversion because three XL for uh, Australians. Is different to three XL American. Yeah, their three XL is like our five XL. <laughs> so we're getting into some fucking huge people. That's mid fat. Mm-hmm. Now we're up to super fat. Kieran, <laughs> this is only number three. <laughs> it's number three of yeah, the of, of the, the four four level tiered fatness spectrum. Right. Four to five XL size. 26 to 32. Now that's four times the width and the girth of a regular, uh-huh. like a standard woman. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, most people that I see in Australia are probably Pro- the first fat. No, no, I wouldn't even say they're that fat. Oh, oh no. If yeah. you're talking about like the fat people in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you had to say like, what, was your, what would a fat person look like? You'd probably go, oh yeah, probably in this... Small fat range. Small fat range yeah. is probably the, the fattest. fattest that, you know, and very rarely would you get anything above that. Yeah. Like, like an anomaly. Yeah. Okay. So now we're up to the last the last one. These these other ones don't exist in Australia. No, I just no. Don't... These are like your, like your 500 pound, 600 yeah. pound man. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for this? They're uh-huh. called Infini Fats. Right. And it's 6XL and higher. So they don't like, it's no limit. And uh, for women, starting at a 34 and higher. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even know if they make clothes for <laughs> people that's like, mm-hmm. like a dress at size 34. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any in my research. Jess 
was like, what the hell is that? That's not normal. Remember, American sizes are bigger than Australian sizes. So we're looking like at a... See, seven I'm or sure there's XL. Europeans who come to Australia and go, Jesus Christ, we're all fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm over there. I'll, like, I'm, I'm not a tall guy. I'm not a, that big a guy. But in Europe, I'm like a large. Yeah. You know, I, I've got small t-shirts here. When I go, when I go to Asia, I'm, oh, like, I'm a giant. I'm, I'm a like, giant. I'm like a seven XL. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, imagine that. But you bought, but it's an American size. An American size would be like a large. Yeah. What the hell's got? Or like a, a medium. So this woman here has gotten the question. Now that you know the, the literally, why do they call it a spectrum? <laughs> why do they call it a ch- like? Levels, levels, or something that doesn't sound like. I don't really think it's a spectrum. Uh, well, this is like it's not a, an ill. Like, it's not a. It's not something you can be on a spectrum. We of. already have a, a classification. It's sort of called the BMI. Well, the BMI is a bit iffy. Yeah, but the BMI but it, it is a very good approximation. Approximation, right? Well, according to the BMI, I'm morbidly obese. So I don't know. That's <laughs> what happens when you weight train too much. Yeah. Yeah. So this woman here got the question. So we'll come back to what the video is about. That you're a small fat. Why are you speaking over the super fats? Okay, this is the fatness spectrum. A small fat is a size 18 and lower, 1x or 2x. I'm a 4x, 5x. I'm a size 26, sometimes 28. I am the super fat you say I'm speaking over. Okay, this so- is the fatness She's getting angry now because someone's got to ask you, you're a small fat. And she's like, no, I'm actually fat. <laughs> I'm not the next level up, but the level up after that. I'm talking on behalf of our super fats here. So shut up. She's so proud of being the third level, third tier on this spectrum. Oh, I, Kieran, I, we need to listen to the Fat Lip podcast. Oh, we do need to listen <laughs> to the Fat This sounds like a podcast that we can do every single week because if this is the quality, if this is the quality that we're going to be getting every fucking week, oh my God, I have so much to say. Even now, now You just, are so excited. You're like a kid walking uh, into just, a candy it's store. It's just, I've never seen something that I fundamentally don't agree with so much and actually physically makes me want to just like right now go to the gym. Uh-huh. And like I want to go eat broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not only that, Jess pointed out something. I'm to- with you. I'm getting the urge to go to the gym. <laughs> gym right it's now. really yeah. bad, isn't it? Yeah. Jess goes to me, Oh, so wait, straight size people. Straight isn't even the right word for it. Well, that's the thing. She goes, straight size people. And I didn't even think of this, and you're gonna love it. She goes, straight size people, does that mean like is she calling like gay people not normal now? <laughs> because if she implies straight is like the average, does that mean like gay in her things is abnormal and wrong? Yeah, it's, it's like weird. it's like a really weird wording. Because straight's probably the wrong word as well, because it indicates like it's a perfect normal, yeah. like line. Yeah, it's so bad. I, I I'm so fascinated about everything that they're doing. It seems what. Mind you, I, I'm I'm excited to listen to the podcast to hear what what they're talking about. Uh-huh. I'm not excited to hear <laughs> what, what's happening. Oh. You know, I have a lot of respect for people who are trying to exercise mm. and better themselves. If I see someone at the gym who's you know overweight, like you know, yeah. you can see it. Yeah, and they're really trying and they're sweating it up. Like I've, I I went to a um, good on them. I went to a hit class not too yeah. long ago. And there was a guy there, he was an older guy, but he was bit, bit, you know, bigger guy. And he was just working, you know, wasn't lifting a lot of weight, but he was just moving as much as he could. And he could tell, like, he was trying. I'm like, man, that's, I respect that so much more than the guy that's, like, lifting, you know, you know 150 kilo, you know, um, bench press. Yeah. Or anything like that. Like, I would rather see you do do your thing. And kill it, and anything else. They're just—it's just—it's just not normal. It—I can understand. People will have. Everyone has different bodies. Everyone does this 
something different. Because I, I say this, the Maoris knew, because go out for dinner, right? A lot of yeah. Maoris are near me. Now, they are big people. Yeah. But it's also the body type. Yeah. Like the body type. They're broad shoulders. They're broad they're shoulders. Big, they're, they're yeah. actually, and a lot of them are big people. Like the Rock is a Maori, isn't yeah. he? No, oh, he's I don't know. Hawaiian, Hawaiian. It's a similar. It's sort of, just a different. Yeah, but he's like he's massive. Yeah, but he's also tall. So you know when you when so average, I would call the Maoris near, near me big. Yeah, but I wouldn't call them fat. I wouldn't really call no. I wouldn't really call them fat. No, there's a difference. You know, like you wouldn't call and Arnold they, Schwarzenegger and they fat. They can't help their broad shoulders yeah. and the broad. Like you wouldn't call yeah. Arnold Schwar- like if you put Arnold Schwarzenegger on a scale, Arnold Schwarzenegger on a yeah. scale, and he's high, everyone go, "Well, that's morbidly obese." Because uh-huh. like, well, yeah, but look at the guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a, a fucking it's monster. Fucking muscles. It's all it's muscles. monster. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's like yeah, but these people are just talking about oh, I can't like I can't, I can't stop. I just I am what I am. It's like well, no. You have a little bit of input about <laughs> what you eat, what like, you do. I uh, go to bed and set my alarm and get up in the morning and yeah. go to work. Yeah. And I have some discipline. Yeah. A little bit of discipline. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's uh, just. So this this looks this looks fantastic. Again, <laughs> 27 sturdy chairs for fat people up to 500. 500 pounds. I think we're talking about 350 being 160 kilos or so. Uh-huh. So you got to add in like, it's like 225, 230 kilos. That's what these chairs are rated for. That's a big, that's a massive person. That's more than two. It's us combined and another 50 kilos. God, the pressure on your joints. You would just, you wouldn't be able to, what, where's the quality of life? I think what we're talking about is if you're going to Disneyland and hoping that the seatbelt fits on you, what do you, what what quality of life are you enjoying? Want some more news? Yeah, give me some more news. Oh, let's go through this one here. Uh, so here's one for you. I'm a big Power Rangers guy. I've just been showing the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to my little nephew. Yeah. And he's loving it because right now he's into two things superheroes. And dinosaurs. I'm like, wow, I've got a show for you, buddy. And he likes move I, over dinosaurs. Yeah, he's a and he's into uh, into like uh, robots. Uh-huh. I'm like, wow, got superheroes. I now, got now transforming gonna, robots. Tell you, I'm just gonna dinosaurs. Tell you the, the, the Christmas play or birthday play, whichever one's sooner. What you need to do is get a giant fuck off Power Ranger that's going to go in his room. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like a giant yeah. fuck off Power Ranger, oh, not, don't a, worry. not one that he can play with. Yeah, one that's going to be like in the corner of his room. Yeah. There maybe also lights up. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like Jess's sister always tells us what to buy him. Ignore that. I, I, I go to, and we did that for two years, and then I go, Jess, look, I'm a boy. Uh huh. I know what he wants. Yeah. And every time we've bought something, I, I said that's what we're buying him. That's his favorite thing. Yeah. Because he's like, hey, <laughs> that looks a bit dangerous and cool. And I like I it. like that. I like, I like that. that. Yeah. And Zio, like, yeah. that's just like, oh, I got that for you. He's like, oh, I like what Zio does because he does all the fun stuff. He do, yep, that's so right. So this one, everyone is thirsty for the new non-binary Power Ranger. Now, I'm going to put it out there. If this isn't grooming... Hang on. <laughs> Power Rangers are in the Power Ranger gear. Yeah. You really don't know... Okay, let's go back. Is If this is not grooming, uh-huh. I don't know what is. Uh-huh. Like, they're introducing... Non like non-binary weird sexual things to a kids orientated like kids for between seven and ten. I'm pretty sure the kids don't give a fuck. I'm pretty sure the kids go, hey, they're fighting guys in rubber suits. They believe that the guys in rubber suit monsters are real monsters that they're fighting. They believe the crappy CG. Yeah. You know what they don't care about? Do you know what do you know what's really shattering? You watch like these kid film movies, yeah, uh, and you you come back as an adult twenty years later, yeah. and you watch it, and you go, "Geez, the fucking set is all painted." Mm-hmm. I don't remember Willy Wonka because no. I believed it as yeah. a kid. I believed I, I was there. I, re- I I know a lot about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I think uh-huh. it's like it's one of those shows that grew, I grew up with, and as I got older, I got to rewatch it here and there. And I'm like, oh my god, the more you learn about it, the more ridiculous it gets. Yeah. Like the first season was 64 episodes. <laughs> like, you know, oh my god, no wonder. And 
they cut they basically bought footage of the rangers from a japanese company film stuff in america of just the american kids so when they transformed it's the footage from from japan yeah and you as soon as you know that you could just see like oh they're in a park and suddenly they're in like a building site <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on here you know, oh, uh, and here's one for you. So, talk about the non-binary Power Ranger, mm. the Yellow Ranger mm. in the American television show. Was is a, is a girl, mm-hmm. Asian woman, and then when they transform into the Power Rangers, they get into their suits, and she's the Yellow Ranger. Makes sense, but she doesn't have a skirt on. But the Pink Power Ranger, who's a girl in the American one, transforms. And the, she does have a skirt. Okay. Never noticed it as a kid because I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, yeah. yeah, they're in their cool suits and they've got their weapons. And they're fighting, and the, they're fighting the monsters they're fighting and the evil minutes. people. They're fighting Goldar yeah. and Reed is doing the thing. All yeah. that kind of stuff. I was like, great. That's what I want to see. That's all I care about. I want to see them. I want to see them. The same footage of the Megazord con- transforming into the Megazord that every episode has. Like yeah. they did it once and it's actually the toy that they turn up like <laughs> this. It's so great. Right. <laughs> That's what I care about. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Get out the Megazord, get out the Dragazord, combine, get on Titanus. This is what I want, right? But and the, the yellow booms p- and the explosions. The yellow Power Ranger mm. doesn't have a skirt on, right? Right. And as you find out later, because they bought the footage from Japan and spliced it together, the in Japan when they did their like, oh, we're going to film like the actual people without the suits. The Yellow Ranger was a guy. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, there you go. That explains that, doesn't so it? Yeah. When you, uh, that's why the Yellow Ranger in the American one doesn't <laughs> have a skirt. Makes sense. In fact, sometimes you can really see, as an adult, you can really see a dick package going on. Right? It's great. I love it so much. So, for me, technically, that was the first non-binary Power Ranger. All these in the first season, they got it right. They had black characters. They had re- uh, they had uh, 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 Asian girl. They had all the stereotypes, and everyone was like, "Yeah, look at that! I can ag- I love the Black Power Ranger." And I was like a white guy. I was white as Italians can get. <sighs> so good, so good. Uh, here's one for you. I'm going to quick whip around. Student midwives are being taught at university how to help biological men give birth in trans inclusive manual, even though. It's scientifically impossible. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So students are on a $9,000 euro a pound a year undergrad. Which university is this? At Edinburgh Napier. Biological men can't give birth. Uh, Course will claim that biological men can get pregnant and give birth, include detailed instructions of caring for males who are in labor. Um, I always think back to that scene in Monty Python's Holy um, uh, Life of Brian. Yeah. It's like, why do you want to be a woman, Loretta? I want to have babies. But you can't have a baby. <laughs> We're going to fight for the right for him to have babies. Why? What are you going to do? Put it in a box. <laughs> like, that's the, uh, like, it's like, we'll fight for his right to have babies. It's, it's a fight against the oppressors. It's a fight against his uh, thing of reality. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? what like, I'm a guy. No matter how much I push and tug and thing and how many eggs I shove in me, my sperm's not meeting up with it. I'm not shooting a, a baby out of my dick. You don't have... A uterus! A uterus. <laughs> That's the important part. Not yet. Not until science can give you a uterus, Turch. That's right. Mm. That's right. Uh, is uh, I think this is the last one. This is the last one I got. Antifa activist goes viral, bragging about a lawsuit against his landlord for demanding rent. And it turns out the landlord is his I grandmother. Saw this. <laughs> oh. Goodrich's locked his Twitter account and revealed that the landlord was his grandmother. So she uh, said, Hung on, oh, rent should be free. Rent should, you know, rent is, is illegal. What is it with these socialists? I don't know. They want, I think housing should be a right rather than, you know, no. That's <laughs> not how, how things work. It is a. It is. A Let just... me borrow your toothbrush. No, no, I don't want you to. Why not? Why not? Well, you might re- get your stuff all over it. Well, I don't want you in my house that I've invested in <laughs> and I paid for. Mm. That you, you worked it, for. If you use it though, yeah. oh, well, I'm happy to exchange money for goods and services, and this is a service of home. You know. Mm. 
That's pretty great. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this <laughs> militant Antifa, like, that's fascism. Suing your grandmother. I would put Buddha's fascism right there. Oh, someone's out of the wheel. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there's actually a house to get. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. He really screwed himself out of that. Oh, well, Kieran, always good to have you in the studio. Thank you very let's, much. Let's got something else? Uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm done. We'll have I'm... lots of stories this from this weekend. We, we are celebrating. We will. We are celebrating uh, my wife's birthday. So it's going to be very exciting. With that, ladies and gentlemen, if you need some more wanking material, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, or and Facebook, or just look at porn. That's probably more enjoyable. Well, you know, you whatever know. gets you off. Yeah. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, death threats, rant, or call it on your phone, email us at weallydoonetakepodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you review, uh, give us a five-star review on Spotify as well. We love all those sort of things. And again, if you can write a review, shit all over us in the comments because that's way more fun. Way more fun. Uh, Kieran. We enjoy reading them. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. When we get them. Kieran, thank you so much for being in the studio. And we will see you guys next Thursday. <laughs>